0: can you just like turn on GarageBand record just to get Report your word lo- on my end yeah just to get your local audio and if i need to like yeah. cut it up this one time we can do that until you figure out your internet situation you animal
1: all right welcome to ported a podcast about video games old and new and the people who play them i am scott taylor
0: and i'm kyle star scott what's old that's new again
1: So this week, Nintendo, celebrating their 20th anniversary with Pokemon, released Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow on the Nintendo eShop, which I think is pretty exciting. I remember the day that I bought that game, Blue, by the way. Uh, So it's really great to, I think, see 20 years later, which by the way, oh my gosh, 20 years later, see that coming, you know, digital form, really easy to download now. Uh couldn't be more excited. What do you think about that? Oh, I
0: bought it. I woke up. I loaded Twitter. I I, I uh, opened my phone, opened Twitter, and saw somebody post about the the 20th anniversary, and I was reminded that the, the games were released. And uh, yeah, I reached over to my nightstand, grabbed my 3DS, and bought it in bed uh, before I got up to, to go to work or, or do whatever. Was that a Saturday? I can't remember. Anyways... Uh, I bought it immediately. It was the first thing I did that day. Um, I loaded it. I looked at the title screen, um, took a screenshot, tweeted it, and then I turned the game off. That's as far as I got.
1: <laughs> well, have you gotten any further set? Yes.
0: I played it for about two hours last night. I was determined to beat Brock. Um, I, had to okay. get, I
1: had to get one gym
0: Who is down it? You know, in my yeah. first playthrough. Uh, and I did it successfully. The game's a little... It's its trickier than I remember it being.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like... It definitely is. I mean, the design was out of this world. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't play a whole lot of games like it at that time. At least I don't remember them. But man, oh man, do I remember Pokemon. I got it at the swap meet uh, with my dad. He bought me blue and he bought my brother red. And... I loved it. I remember sitting in the back of the van on the way home, just like enthralled with it uh, and it was so rad. And I think that's what got me so, I don't know, invested in RPGs and loving that kind of world and leveling and building your team. And oh my gosh, it was so good. And I remember my first starter ever, which was Charmander. Do you remember what your first one was? Bulbasaur. So, ball was sore. Okay. Yeah, I remember.
0: I think I thought, thought he was cute or something like that. He just looked like the most well-rounded looking dude. Like that. You know yeah. what they say about politics and whatnot. You know. He's the one I'd want to have a drink with, and I was thinking yeah. that when I was whatever how old I was. It was ni- yeah, ni- nineteen ninety-eight, so I would have been twelve. F- 13. Man, I was older than yeah. I thought I was when I bought that yeah. game. I was picturing myself like being 8 years old buying <laughs> that game, but anyways, um, you know the sad part about Pokémon to me is I don't remember why I was so excited about it, but I know that I was very excited about it. And I remember going to Toys R Us to buy it. And this was still in the day where you had to get the little there was a little slip that you would take out of the you'd go to the game oh section gosh, at Toys yeah. R Us. You take this little slip of paper and you would hope and pray that they still had those slips available because if they were out, that means there's no more game, or at least that's what I thought. Um, Because when you're that young, you think everybody's trustworthy and just taking one, taking a slip of paper and buying a game with that slip of paper. Anyways. Yeah. You know, and I remember my, I think it was my dad questioning me on, is this, you know, are you sure that's the game you want to buy? Yes, absolutely. But I can't remember why I was so excited about it. If there was some big marketing campaign behind it, which I'm sure there was, or if it was talk at the school, or if I bought it a year after it was released, or if it was like day and you know day and date, which probably was not. Um, But I do remember getting that slip, being so excited about it, telling my dad that yes, this is what I want, Um, and never putting the game down. I, I can't remember like a time when I didn't want to play that game when I had it. Like just. Uh, Yeah, I I, I couldn't put the game down. I do remember then my little half-brother getting convincing him to get the red version so that we could trade Pokemon. I don't know if we ever really did, but um, he reminded me last week, we had lunch together, and he reminded me that we had one Game Boy between the two of us. So it was not possible for us to (laughs) trade Pokemon. So we either (laughs) had to find somebody else's Game Boy and trade, um, or just pretend like we would you know trade down the road anyways um he had red i had blue and we had to share this amongst one game boy
1: yeah killer holy smokes man yeah i um i was lucky i did have you know like i said my brother who he got pokemon red which was phenomenal and i got blue so we were able to trade now this is the benefit of having a brother and there's more than just these benefits in life but when you're that young, this is the huge benefit of having a brother, especially the one that's younger than you. What I asked him to do, and he did it vol- willingly, which was great, is he started the game over six times. He would go, he would get a starter, Charmander, for example. And if you remember, you would actually have to finish the first gym before you could trade a Pokemon. Which that's was
0: interesting. Rough. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I just beat yes. Brock, and I haven't done anything since. So, yes,
1: that's a good point. So it's about an hour, hour and a half investment before you're actually able to trade. So I I started, I chose, you know, in my game, I chose Charmander. I got through the first gym so that I'm able to trade. And then he would go through, and he would then get Bulbasaur, get to the first gym, trade him over to me, start the game over, Squirtle, get to the first gym, trade him over to me. And then he would do it three more times, so that he could get his three starters as well so him being the champ that he is started that game six times and that wasn't the only time we ever did that every subsequent generation that we've bought he's done that
0: i so (laughs) i am so i'm so sad for the six to 12 hours of his life that he lost
1: yeah, but Probably I, you back know, and forth. oh my gosh, a Medal of Honor, whatever I could bestow upon him to thank him for that, you know, work that he did. It's priceless. You can't it put was, a price on oh that. My it's amazing. No, but look, at, I mean, it's a memory that I have to this day. Now, that would be where I'd want to jump right into talking about yellow. I never owned yellow. He did, but he never ended up really playing through it. From what I understand, the benefit of yellow is that you could actually get all three starters throughout your journey in the game. Did you know about this? Uh,
0: so in doing a little bit of research after I bought the blue version um, yeah. the other day, I did find out that in yellow, yes, there was, you can possibly get those starters throughout, th- amongst various other changes and, and little improvements um, yep. that, that were released you with need yellow. To keep but- Pikachu,
1: he's the primary in your party. He's who you start out with. So that definitely changes the beginning of the game. Um, but if you keep Pikachu happy, which is relatively simple, you keep his HP up, you uh, keep him in your party, you travel with him. Then, throughout different points in the game, you'll meet people who will offer you the three different starters, which is rad. So that's a cool way, I think, for you know the the only child out there to get all the starters. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty rad.
0: I. Uh, hmm.
1: So you blew it. You bought blue from a nostalgia I standpoint. I blew it, yes. You, you blew it? Oh, man. So good. Nailed that one for sure. Uh, so I thought that was rad that they brought that back. Uh, and I think that, again, the nostalgia is the reason I'm glad they brought it back. For somebody who's never played it, will they have interest in starting at red, blue, or yellow? I don't know, but... For me, I think what what is it? A 999 purchase, right? It's relatively it's, inexpensive. It's
0: 999, and, and based on what you say, it sounds like you should pick yellow if you're fine with having Pikachu with so. Pikachu at the get go and this little sprite following you around the entire game.
1: Yeah, because you could also dump him from your party. You don't have to keep him in your party, but man, what a great way to start out with, you know, Pikachu. Although I guess not so much, right? If the first gym is rock, then you're kind of SOL. Right there, that's not going to help you too much, but yeah, what's good against Rock? But I think water, Squirtle. So when I Get that squirt action, yeah,
0: I think at one point when I was younger, I, I started with Squirtle, and I remember being pretty good at, at that first gym. It was tough beating Brock last night was a that was tough with, yeah. with fire.
1: I mean, from what I remember, I believe it it goes you know either water or fire is a great starting game like it's great to get you through the the first portion of the game but if you start off with leaf you're going to have a much easier end game but you also have by that time plenty of opportunity to capture leaf pokemon so mm-hmm. i don't know how much that matters i never liked pikachu i still don't like pikachu <laughs> you mean the face of pokemon
0: yeah i don't yeah. i don't know i think squirtle's cuter bulbasaur's cuter even charmander's squirtle's cuter.
1: rad I mean, when he turns into Blastoise, holy smokes, man. Maybe he's that, tanked. yeah. Blastoise is amazing. Yeah. But
0: Bulbasaur, man, how can you not love that little thing?
1: Yeah, he's rad. Uh, uh, Venusaur <laughs> and then Ivysaur or vice versa, Ivysaur and then Venusaur. Can I ask, did you, what did your parents call it? Do you remember what your parents said or how parents – I think just gen, like how all parents pronounced it. Pokemon? Do you remember
0: this? I don't know. Pokemon. Pokemon?
1: Pokemon. Pokemon. I My parents, and I, I've heard many parents – call it pokemon pokemon that's new to me that's it's not new to me man that's what i grew up with the Pokemons. uh so speaking that's the old speaking of the new uh pokemon sun and moon yes
0: so nintendo did this um they do these nintendo directs where they give you all the uh you know the lowdown on on what's coming what's new they did a special pokemon um themed uh Direct a short direct Pokemon direct mm-hmm. and it was done. Um, that direct launched I th- I I may be mistaken, but I think it launched um, in Japan on the day of the 20th anniversary. They did the Pokemon mm-hmm. direct and announced the games available then, and then they came out you know the next day here uh, in the U.S. But yeah, it was a six-minute um, Nintendo Direct, super short. Announced Sun and Moon. There was no trailer, no gameplay. Um, there
1: was there was actually a little bit oh really so yeah they did release i don't even know i guess you could call it a trailer it's very short and in terms of gameplay not maybe the traditional gameplay they don't do a walkthrough or anything like that but you do see in-game content um you also do see they didn't they didn't focus on the game very heavily. They, they almost showed you more of the developers. You see a developer working on what looks to be some sort of uh, flying character. Hmm. Um, you see Blastoise in the back of a fire truck in a drawing. So you get little glimpses, I think, of what they're planning. But a trailer in the traditional sense of you know a launch trailer, we're nowhere near that. Um, or even a trailer to give me an idea about what this world will look like. Not a whole lot, but there is a very, very brief trailer that they did publish with it. Hmm, I, I may not that be caught the case. Nothing. That, but... Yeah, no new. They they announced uh, really no new Pokemon, anything along those lines, but uh, a, a very, very brief trailer.
0: I think the Pokemon continue to get closer and closer to generic smiley face. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. I mean, at six hundred, I don't know the exact number, but man, oh man, at six hundred. You're right. I mean, pretty soon it's just going to be a circle. It's just going to be the emoji. They're just going
0: to use the emoji uh, character set. But you
1: know what, though? Do you remember? Do you know what the unknown Pokemon is? Uh, The unknowns? No. So this was... I don't remember what game it was introduced. I want to say black and white. I'm probably wrong about that. But they, they they had this unknown character. And the unknown character, there were... How many letters are in the alphabet? 27? 26. 26? <laughs> boy, oh boy, I should really know that. They had 26 unknown Pokemon, and they were just letters. So you talk about, you know, getting to a certain point where they don't even have any semblance to anything unique anymore. They kind of gave up at that point, I think, and just like, we're like, F it, we're just gonna make letters. People can just capture letters at this point. So Anyways, I, I'm excited for it. I've played most of the generations. I usually don't get the, I guess, the yellow type iteration. The original release, like red or blue, I'll go for. The you know the iterative, where they'll add a couple new features, maybe streamline it a little bit, like a yellow release. I typically don't go for those. But I think when I make the purchase, I'm going to go for yellow this time and try it, because I've never played it, especially if I can get all three. Um and on top of that, what's pretty cool too is they announced about a year ago, I want to say, something called Pokemon Bank, where you could upload all of your Pokemon and store them there, which is great. It is a paid service, so how seven-year-olds mm. are affording that, I don't know. I'm sure they're going to their parents. Um, I didn't it realize is a paid I, service. I
0: did not realize that it was paid.
1: That's interesting. It's a nominal fee. I you know I I should look it up. Um, I believe it's as low as 4.99. I think even for a year. It's very inexpensive, um, maybe on a monthly basis. I don't think so, though. Um, but what's cool is that you could upload all of those Pokemon. So you could upload all those starters. You could actually get Mew in yellow, if I'm not mistaken, upload Mew, which is great. But if you pay attention to Pokemon, you know that Nintendo released Mew to the general public, uh, I think first time in, man, almost 10 years. Uh, as a download, so that was pretty cool. And they're gonna be actually doing a download a month for the rest of the year in celebration of the twentieth. So there's a lot going on with Pokemon uh, in terms of old and new. Um, they're bringing the old to the forefront, releasing red, blue, and yellow again, and they're announcing a new game, which is great. We haven't seen a new one in three years. So uh, I think there's a lot of excitement around that. On top of that, I mean, there's other Pokemon games to Pokemon Go which is going to be, I believe, mobile-based, which is pretty nifty. Um, Pokemon Go is going to be pretty rad. Pokemon, or Pokin, rather, uh, is another one that they're releasing. So fighting game style. So there's a lot of, I think, Pokemon that Nintendo's really going to uh, leverage this year, which is pretty exciting for anybody who's interested in Pokemon.
0: Yeah, that's, I was really, I was sold. It was amazing during that, the Pokemon Direct. um, Even though I didn't, See anything new or surprising? Um, mm-hmm. I was sold when they, you know, said that it's it's the first time ever that the red and blue Pokemon can be traded to the other games, and yeah. that for whatever reason, it immediately sold me. Like, yeah, sure, I'll invest in that. It'd be nice to go back and play this old game, but you know i bought into the entire pitch of like this is going i'm going to catch all these pokemon now and then when yeah you know sun and moon come out of course i'm going to already have this investment of how many pokemon i've caught yeah. and start playing this other you know this new this new title so
1: well how cool would it be right i mean little if you pitch. could if you're that into it you have all three starters you yeah. have a leveled pikachu you have mew mm-hmm. and you upload all of them into you know sun or moon and you're good to go that's your starter team now which is pretty cool, so and it's y- possible. Y-
0: you are, well, we're going to have to figure this out. I've already started my game. You're going to have to send me the starters. You understand that, right?
1: <laughs> uh, let, me, let me call Mark real quick. I'll have him um, yeah, out okay. there. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. that one out. <laughs> He's got a little more time than I do, so we'll see if he wants to help out there. All right. So that's that. So Pokemon. Pokemon is old, but it's new again. Yes it is What's in the news this week uh,
0: so I came across this story today I thought it was interesting um, do you collect anything that's of
1: that you might think oh one day this will be worth something you know for a while when I was younger I was collecting pennies and I was pumped about them but no I'm not a stamp collector I don't collect pennies any longer. I don't. I don't collect. I don't think Star Wars toys. I have my, you know, no. I have you know. I have my legacy collection of video games. So I still have Game Boy games. I still have my original Game Boy. I still have those types of things. Hmm. But I can't say that I am a an avid collector of anything in particular. What about you? Do you?
0: Uh, I've got a pretty decent collection of Ninja Turtle toys. I've got the. A couple years back, my dad bought me. um, This might have been for like my. 21st, or something like that, some birthday. Um, my dad found the original turtles from '88 in their packages, so he got me all four of those turtles, plus like Shredder, Splinter, April, and Neil. All, yeah, you know, the, the whole, whole the whole bit, the whole crew. So I've got all those in their box, but beyond that, nothing, nothing really. Um, I bring it up because a story broke today that, um, a mint condition copy of Harvest Moon from uh, Super Nintendo sold for almost three thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs>
1: $3,800. That's a number, man.
0: Hundred um, dollars. Yeah, and it Which was for actually a
1: game. I think they must have retailed what fifty-nine. Was it that much back then? I don't 39, know. Thirty-nine, forty-nine, fifty-nine. Something so. like that. Yeah. not a bad investment.
0: What's more interesting is it was put on eBay by the uh, by the developer uh, Natsume, who mm-hmm. who made this. And I guess they had come out and said that they, you know, over the years they've just collected all of these um, copies of games that they've released, and um, they've decided to start releasing them on eBay. And this happened to be the biggest seller was was Harvest Moon. Um, yeah, and pretty insane thirty eight hundred dollars. Have you ever played Harvest Moon?
1: I haven't. I hadn't actually... I don't think even heard about it until I read about it. Um, so I don't even know what style of game it is. But somebody must have wanted it, man. $3,800 I for would put, an SNES game.
0: Yeah. I, I would put Harvest Moon at um, sort of like a, a cross between like, a sim and an RPG. Like you, you have a farm that you have to build up... Um, you know, if, if I recall correctly, growing crops, selling those crops, you know, all the okay. sort of stuff. But I you interact with... Shot a screenshot
1: with, of it now.
0: I I was... Um, I scoffed at it for a while when I was younger and then just through an emulator that I happened to have. I had a ton of games on there and just decided to dip into it at one point. And yeah. man, I fell in love with this game. It was... I think to me, the, it could have been the Pokemon before Pokemon or... Maybe the itch, the Pokemon itch I was trying to scratch on Super Nintendo, uh, you know, based on whenever it was released, whichever way. But, man, I couldn't peel myself away from this game either. Um, I mean, I would never pay $3,800 for this game (laughs) or any other game. (laughs) Yeah. But. No, uh, for sure. But, damn, it's good. Um, And if, you know, if I were had the, the, uh, if I had the pockets and, you know, maybe I would, maybe a shell out $3,800 for the, for mint copy of this game, but
1: yeah, uh, it looks like it was released initially August 9th, 1996. So we're at that 23 year mark. Um, IGN, very reputable, Uh, website for gaming news obviously gave it initially an 8.5 out of 10 so it looks like at the time even it was something that was pretty well regarded
0: yeah so um seeing as well pokemon in japan came out in 96 and again i think the u.s versions came out in 98 if i'm not mistaken um So therefore, this was the my Pokemon before Pokemon. It was kind of my, yeah. you know, I won't say my introduction to RPGs or, or simulators um, by any means, but uh, it had the same visual aesthetic and kind of playfulness that, that Pokemon had. And uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you can, I would strongly recommend playing Harvest Moon. I would give it a shot. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll look for that emulator versus dropping 3,800, I think.
0: Yeah probably wise
1: yeah not a bad way to go
0: uh i'm mistaken so maybe red and blue k also came out 96 so it was all around the same time in any case it was there was a there was an aesthetic that was coming out and and harvest moon and pokemon both played to that pretty well um yeah that was a fun little story found that on polygon um allegra frank was reporting um, next up on my list, and I wanted to bring this up because I think you might be interested, was yeah. Ori-, Ori and the Blind Forest is being re-released, a definitive mm-hmm. edition, complete with um, some DLC, some bonus uh, stages, some additional moves for the main character. Um, yeah. And more importantly for me, because I'm terrible, uh, a terrible gamer and mm-hmm. I have no time at all, is the a new fast travel system, as well as an easier difficulty um and a harder difficulty if you want it, but uh, yeah. chances are I'll be downloading this this uh version of Ori in the blind forest I've been wanting to play it on p s one it's- or uh what did i say p s one yeah, I've been wanting to PS4. play this game on xbox one and uh, it's one of the reasons I bought the console and um I'm glad I haven't picked it up yet because as of March 11th, um, the Definitive Edition will be out and I'll be able to play it on uh, a much easier difficulty and with yeah. a fast travel system. So uh, this, this just Yeah, I mean, there's two things well about
1: that that are interesting. One, Ori and the Blind Forest, definitely a game I'm interested in playing. I did not pick it up originally. But the reason I didn't is the two words that follow the title, Definitive Edition. I feel like that is... And almost guarantee now with any big games that come out is that you buy it initially, there's your $59 then you spend money on the season pass or the DLC that comes after, $10, 15 $20, um, some of them as high as 40 and even beyond really uh, and then if you would have waited maybe 6 months a year, you would get the definitive edition for essentially the price of the original game so anymore do i want to be first or do i want to be frugal when it comes to video games Hmm. and i don't know i think it's going to depend on the game how much does it spark my interest but but man oh man to get everything the reason i i think definitive edition again is sticking out to me is mortal kombat just released their definitive edition which has every level it has every skin pack it has every character um has all the finishing all the ko's so you know and again for the cost of the original when it was released 59 so what um i don't know do i, I wait do i buy initially
0: i think you well for me at least i buy initially i, I would i like to be part of that uh, conversation um you know the zeitgeist what are people talking about right, right now uh that was sort of fun when the witness launched and everybody was talking about the witness and i had an opportunity yeah. to play you know i was playing the witness at the same time everybody else was playing it and that was yeah a nice interaction through you know twitter or what have you um same thing with firewatch uh I was playing firewatch when everybody else was and it was nice to be part of this conversation it was also nice to be able to avoid spoilers for the most part yeah. and not feel like that would you know that would be a thing i'd have to watch out for. Um, And, you know, even if I play initially and then there's this definitive edition that comes out, I'll probably pass on that, you know? Yeah. um, Are you a Phil Collins fan? Of course. Okay, good. Good. So Phil Collins has been releasing, um, re-releasing all of his old solo albums. Uh, He made this announcement that he was coming out of retirement and yada, 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 so on and so forth. Um, And the first... Um, Thing he's doing is releasing all of his old solo albums with bonus content, live tracks, demos, um, and then new cover art for all of these. That's uh, notoriously, or I I would guess, uh, I guess, yeah, he's he's famous, or not famous for, but every one of his album covers has a picture of him or his face on it. And so mm-hmm. he's retaking all of those pictures as an old man now. So he has old man face on ah. all these covers. So I don't know, definitive all these little edition. bits to it. Yeah, definitive edition. Um, <laughs> so he's doing all these things to entice, you know, possibly old owners, but new owners as well, um, to buy these old kind of classic albums with all this additional content. And if I had had the original copies, I probably wouldn't care. Um but seeing as I don't have any of the, you know, old original Phil Collins records, I might, you know, I might go and pick these up. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, So that said, Ori in the Blind Forest, I'm glad I haven't purchased it. I've been, you know, on the cusp a couple of times um, and decided not to get it as I've got plenty of other things to do. Um, And I think this is a good reason for me to finally pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think when I, when I see these, if I didn't do it initially and I you know one thing you're talking talking about that i like and i think does influence how much i like a game is is everybody else playing it do i pick it up at the same time that everybody else is playing it and there's that excitement um for example in the coming week the division is going to be coming out on xbox one and pc if i pick it up on day one i get to play with all my friends i get to experience it when they experience it if i wait a month For whatever reason, I'm behind. I'm maybe not as interested. It's kind of old news at that point. So I think, you know, there's arguments to be made for picking it up day one. There's arguments to be made for waiting a year. But I think after a year now, Ori and and the Blind Forest, for somebody like me who did not pick it up initially, boy, it's a bargain, right? I'm not paying, you know, piecemeal for everything. I pay one price, I get everything together. Uh, And again, there's the definitive edition. That's the experience that. I'm going to get to have. So I think that's pretty neat. I think uh, that would be one that I would pick up. Looks like I'm going be buying a couple of games this week. Um, one thing I want to talk about in the news right now, if you saw it today, Uncharted 4. Uh, I think the common theme with Uncharted 4 is we're just going to delay it and probably never release it at this point. Uh, I don't think they want anybody to be able to play it. They'd at least re- delayed it by two weeks. Uh, which isn't end of the world. I mean, there have been more significant delays. For example, Mass Effect uh, announced today that it would also be re- released a quarter later than expected. So whereas that was arguably going to be the blockbuster game of holiday 2016, uh, and at this point there was there's no announced competition for it, it is now moving to uh, the first quarter first quarter of 2017. So game delays uh, seem to be a big a big thing in the news today. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Um, glad
0: you did. Um, I think it, this this plays to both of us. You know, I, I've played through all the Uncharted games, and I'm excited about Uncharted 4. I think the series could have ended at Uncharted 3, and that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd like to see those were impressive games on the PS3, and I'd like to see what they can do with the PS4. I think, um, you know, Naughty Dog, being who they are, um, yeah, could really make this console, I think, shine even more than it already has. You know, there's there's yeah. other outstanding games like, in terms of visuals and whatnot, like um, uh, Battlefront has been amazing, and, and Shadow of Mordor was impressive in terms of you know yeah. the, the back end was doing. But um, I think this. It, it's a little disappointing, but I don't really care. I'm not like, I'm going to play the game either way. I don't care when it comes yeah. out. Um, I'd love it to be better than, you know, than
1: worse, obviously, I, you know. But that's my question, right? Do you, do you when you hear about these delays, uh, and just to be clear, like what a delay is, a delay is officially when a game has been announced and the company that is publishing that game has announced the date for it. And then they move it back. When I hear somebody say that a game's been delayed before there's even been a date announced, as happens with a number of different uh, products or games in the industry for that matter, uh, that doesn't qualify. That there was no official date by the manufacturer. But in this instance, there was. When you hear delay, do you think great? They're they're going to put some finishing touches. They're going to polish. Or do you go, oh my gosh, they this is now you know not good. They're not ready to release this product and it's going to come out uh unfinished.
0: No, I think it's I think it's unfair to put a date on uh, you know a hard date on anything. Um I think mm-hmm. if you say fall or spring, you know, whatever year or just the year, you know, I th- it gives much more leeway to yeah to the development process. Um I don't know in the case of Uncharted 4, I don't know when um they specified a hard date. Uh, if it was when it was announced, that's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. if it's kind of crept up on them, you know that's a different story. Um, again, I would rather have a quality game than something that's broken so let them take their time. I'll say what bothers me about this particular game is this came out um, not necessarily on the heels of the new trailer, but on the heels of the announcement of the um I think it's the multiplayer beta, Mm -hmm. Um, that is going to be starting and just the idea that Uncharted multiplayer, in my opinion, was a failed experience to begin with when they did Mm -hmm. it with Uncharted I believe it was 3 but it's this need this this marketing need or desire to have a multiplayer component of every game and if that piece Mm -hmm. of the game that you know, a, maybe a large fraction plays it. I don't know, but that a fraction of the people playing Uncharted are going to experience or care about. Um, if that's something that could possibly hold up the development of the you know single player campaign and the and the part that people the core experience that people do care about, then that's upsetting. Um, if you're tacking on these other features that are then delaying the core product that people want and anticipate, it's just a disappointment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I've seen that happen a number of times. Um, and I and I have to think, it is a big part, I'm sure, if they're including it. I don't know if you know a multi-million dollar product, they would tack it on just to add a bullet point to the back of the box. Hey, we have multiplayer. Uh, I'm sure people are playing it. I don't know if the number comes anywhere close to the number of people that are buying a game for single player. But I think... If you, I don't know, if if you sample just even your your friend group, why are you buying Uncharted? Single player, multiplayer. I would almost think overwhelmingly, it's single player, right? Absolutely, yeah. And this was. I don't know. I'm not sitting here going, "Oh man, I can't wait for that multiplayer experience." This was something uh, that
0: it, it's not apples and oranges, but this is something that like Assassin's Creed got hammered on. They mm-hmm. had um I can't remember which title it was the one before last where they had they they tried to hit home this idea of multiplayer in their game realized it was a failure and then in this the the newest um Assassin's Creed the one set in London um Syndicate uh they stripped out all the multiplayer focused on single player and came out with a yeah. you know solid game a decent game um Yeah you know I just I don't like the idea that every game has to have, you know, "quote unquote" has to have some kind of multiplayer component because that's the world we live in now. And yeah, um, because I don't, I don't buy that.
1: Um, Do you play many multiplayer games? I I actually don't enjoy them very much. No, I'm not a competitive multiplayer because I don't, I don't typically have the time to invest to become a good competitor. You know, Um, I can't sit there for hours and, and get really good at Call of Duty or at Destiny's multiplayer aspect um, Destiny's a little different story rather, but I just don't have the time to invest to get good at it and so when I do hop into uh, the multiplayer competitive arenas, I get slaughtered and that's not a fun experience for me um, I enjoy, I love the single player because that's what, I, that's what I know, that's what I played, that's what SNES was, there was no multiplayer component unless person B was sitting right next to you on controller 2 playing with you right Uh, and a lot of times that wasn't competitive that was co-op so no I don't typically enjoy them I will say um, I have bought games before for example I bought Titanfall Titanfall I thought was an incredibly well done game their multiplayer was a little thin in terms of content uh, in terms of I don't know where to go after you've played in the first mech But it was a great game, but I just sat there going, why did I just spend $60 for a multiplayer-only game? I don't enjoy them very much, and I didn't get a lot of longevity out of it. And there was zero single-player campaign. Same thing is true for Battlefront. And I guess I learned my lesson with Titanfall because I did not buy Battlefront. Um, I don't find enough value in that. Uh, So I I would say I'm definitely more of a single-player gamer than I am a multiplayer gamer, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, along the same lines on all fronts. Yeah. Um, I bought Battlefront. I had some fun with it. I got, you know, I had it one night where I felt like I was pretty good, but I was still, you know, I'd still yeah. finish, you know, second or third at the bottom of the list. That was a good night yeah. for me. Um, But it's just not worth it. It's not worth my time. And I like these experiences yeah. where I can dip in, you know, every now and then. Um, play for a couple minutes here and there maybe i'll get a you know an hour or two to play maybe it's only 10 20 minutes um, but it's definitely not a multiplayer experience yeah. and i i'd love to go through an entire yeah. experience start to finish than you know have these little competitions here and there yeah i agree that may bring me to my next point should we talk about the good old days i think we should the um there was a piece by chris plant on the verge.com titled video games in 2016 would be unrecognizable to um, someone in 2006 it's a great piece um you should go read it there'll be a link in the show notes and um essentially this it's this idea that uh Somebody wrote in to uh, to the Verge, um, maybe specifically Chris himself, uh, saying that he's just now, you know, this person's just now getting back into games, um, and it's been since 2006 since he's played, and things have changed quite a bit. Um, and I just kind of wanted to reflect on. I guess, the state of the industry now versus when it was, you know, we'll take a a little trip back in time to 2006 to see where you were. But, you know, right now the state of the the industry is, um, you know, there are tons of games that are released every week. There's Mm -hmm. an influx of indie games, which is amazing to see. There's also a ton of crap games that are just, you know, kind of spat out um, to take advantage of the market. Um, You know, there's been just a, a ton of... You know, games have gone mobile. There's been a ton of mobile games, um, which is, you know, turn the the industry up upside down. I guess, um,
1: yeah. That's uh,
0: things things I have don't know. changed.
1: I, I agree with that. But I'm, you know, I just sat here and I quickly looked up games that were released in 2006, and I mean, just to name a couple of them, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Uh, is one so an Gears MMO? Gears of War, yeah.
0: or not MMO, but a, a large um, open-world RPG. Gears of War, yeah, very Gears innovative of War yeah. shooter,
1: which I think helped kind of redefine what a shooter is going to look like. Introduced uh, cover-based system. There was a lot going on there. Um, Hitman, very popular genre, um, very popular game for that matter, very popular <laughs> series. Call of Duty was there. Grand Theft Auto so zelda i mean legend of zelda twilight princess came out that year so i don't know i'm looking at these and i'm thinking you know i don't i don't think they're actually so different than what we're seeing now i'm still seeing how- you know those series carry on today how many
0: of those are multiplayer games that you can see
1: you know i think that's a really great point i think that everyone i just named would be a single player game yeah um And I think that's maybe where we see that change. In terms of gameplay, it's so hard. Again, gameplay mechanics, I don't recognize them changing because when things are gradual, you don't really recognize that they are changing. Um, So I know there are differences. If I popped in Gears of War 1, I would miss something that I got from Gears of War 3. So definitely I would say that they've been evolving. But I can't say that they're entirely, they're entirely different. I do think you're right in terms of multiplayer, in terms of who I'm experiencing the game with. That has changed. But yeah, I don't, know. I, I don't think they would be unrecognizable. I can't agree with that word. They'd be they'd be different, but not unrecognizable entirely. But I also have to read that a little bit more thoroughly to get some more context.
0: Yeah, sure. No, it's an interesting piece. Um, fairly short. But uh, it, it, it does give you a nice snapshot of, of where we were, where we are. Um, just to give you sort of a, a snapshot of um, of the state of things, uh, this was during the uh, seventh generation of video game consoles. So we had Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Yep. And at the tail end... Um, uh, no, I take that back. We had the Xbox 360 that was well in the heart of 2006... At the tail yep. end of 2006, we had the uh, PlayStation 3 and then uh, the Wii. So we were just entering that world of motion controls and and what that meant. Yeah, made. Xbox so that's 360 got a jump
1: change. with that yeah. console generation, which put them ahead. I definitely remember that. Um, so maybe it's safer to, yeah. to qualify this as,
0: say, 2007. So we'll, we'll just say that Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 and Wii had you know maybe a a decent footing after that that holiday and um Mm -hmm. but still those consoles don't shout multiplayer to me unless it's the xbox 360 and that being down the road a little bit you know when yeah uh, i would say i wasn't a halo player or even a 360 owner until way late in the console um, cycle but yeah i think halo was the one you know and possibly halo 2 that was the well halo was on the first xbox right
1: It was, and I I would say that, that's where I start to see the, almost a revolution with online gaming was with Xbox 360. Hmm. Xbox, not so much. They had live, but multiplayer, I don't remember it being huge. I remember LAN parties, like you would bring over multiple Xboxes to your friend's house and have multiple TVs that you would LAN and that would be pretty rad but I don't remember online competitive so much. Xbox 360, however, that's where Microsoft went full bore, and they really invested in that infrastructure and that online co-op and competitive, and that's where I remember mm-hmm. Gears of War competitive and uh, online becoming a huge presence. And I think arguably to this day, Xbox One is still a better... I don't want to use the word better, but its I think it's a stronger or more... Um capable online world than PlayStation's able to provide right now, certainly more so than Nintendo. I don't think they really even have they're any getting way there. to compete in that area. they're trying to get there, but I don't think that they're going to catch up anytime soon. The Wii U, though, I don't think is intended to be you know something you play across the internet with your friends. I think again, that's where you have your buddy sitting next to you and you play through Mario.
0: I think you know. that's changing, though, right? I mean, there's, um, yeah, you play Mario, and, and you could play Mario Kart. You know, Mario Kart, I think, changed things a little bit, and, and it may have been changed on the DS. Uh, that might have been when, you know, Nintendo kind of opened their eyes that Mario Kart was a big hit on the DS. You could play that online. You could play it within your country or across the world. Yeah. Uh, you can still do that today in Mario Kart, and this generation's Mario Kart is outstanding. I think it uh, might be the best game on that console at the moment. Um and that's, the, yeah. um, not to split off too much, but that's DLC, an instance of DLC where I've been more than happy to pay for it. I think the content is great. Um, mm-hmm. Extra, you know, lots of extra tracks that are, you know, maybe some of the best tracks that they've released for Mario Kart, period. Um, a lot of new characters and, and, you know, crossing their franchises, adding, you know, uh, Animal Crossing and, and Zelda or Link specifically into Mario Kart. Anyways... Um, yep. But I think you know they just released the, the latest um, title or big title that they've released is Splatoon, which is a kind of a I would say a kid-friendly shooter, for lack of a better term. Um, that is yeah. focused on online play, and I think they're mm-hmm. really they've really realized that this is what they need to do or feel like they should be doing, and they're creating experiences specifically for that. It's not tacking something on to Mario. Um, it's creating instances that work or experiences that work well um mm-hmm. for multiplayer um or with multiplayer. Um yeah uh with when playstation three hit I was just happy that it could connect to Wi Fi. I remember having a, a PS2 and um <laughs> PS3 had a Wi Fi antenna in it. Um however bad it was, but it could connect to the internet. I didn't really use it for any multiplayer purposes. Um, But I was able to get, you know, updates, which was cool.
1: Yeah, Up- but, you know, now that you said that, that reminded me that, yeah, you know, Xbox 360 didn't even launch with Wi-Fi. Uh-uh. You had to definitely plug in via Ethernet. It wasn't until later that they released an adapter that you could get. And then they finally released uh, a follow-up console, just a revised console, essentially. That did integrate Wi-Fi, and wow, what a big deal! And now it's a it's a a standard feature. It's not anything special, but definitely, I remember. Boy, that was a huge win when you finally got it. Yeah, it made a difference. It definitely made a difference.
0: Yeah, and you know, the other thing that's that was interesting with this console too is when we started seeing because of that connectivity, we started seeing all these other, you know, um, set top box features start you know, coming into these consoles, you'd all of a sudden had Netflix across the entire ecosystem. Every one of these had a Netflix app for it. Um, you know, and and different streaming services, which is really interesting and, and being able to share other content, uh, across. Um, as much as I say that I love, single player um, games and experiences and I don't really care about the online portion of it, I will say that I do play more games now and probably because there is an online portion to it because I can buy my games online and have them, Mm -hmm. you know, loaded into my console rather than wait for a disc or go out and buy, you know, a physical copy. Um, And the distribution or, or, you know, I think that the whole point of there being an online ecosystem for these Uh, Consoles pave the way for those indie developers to get in and distribute their content easily, has made for a much richer ecosystem um, and you know just a plethora of games that um, are incredibly appealing and not just these you know little um, you know nice try pat on the head type of games. Like there's some serious games coming out, like The Witness, um, Firewatch being talked about quite a lot. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to below for Xbox One. Um, some of the the, the experiences that I'm, I'm I've invested in these consoles uh, for are those indie experiences, and that mm-hmm. wouldn't be possible, I don't think, without this online distribution, without the online yeah, platforms.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I I think you know this would be a super aggressive timeline. I in five years will physical media exist. You know, you can even go, you can go out and buy uh, computers today that don't integrate CDs any longer, DVDs for that matter, because that's not how we're consuming media any longer is, is physical, right? So my Xbox One, man, I was thinking the other day on, you know, just driving to work. What if they released an Xbox One that didn't have a CD drive? Would I buy that? I would buy that. You know, I have no reason to right now because I already own one. But that would, what would it look like if that's how they started transitioning the end user into getting comfortable with with digital media? Is simultaneously maybe they have one machine with a disc drive, one without, um, and you could make your choice. I don't know, but I don't. I'm not buying physical media anymore. As much I'm as not- yeah, as much as we love
0: the on, that online experience, you know the the other side of this coin is there is a large large population that either um, has very terrible access to internet um, yes. connectivity or none at all. Like that that's, yep. that is still a thing and that is a problem that these um, you know companies are uh, encounter. So I think the physical format will be around um, for quite some time, at least in the video game space, um, because. You know not even there's you know a portion that can't handle a download period, but there's a portion that can't handle a you know um, 10, 15, 20 gig download um, uh, efficiently enough.
1: So there's two things I want to bring up with that. One, that is a very good point. Uh, and along with that very good point, I think it's still it's, it's a problem still because uh, again, I'll use the example of Halo. You buy the disc, you come home, you install that disc. Great, I don't need an internet connection for that, although Xbox and PS do require that you are online. Um, but after I've installed the game, I now need to download an 18 gigabyte patch before the game will work. So while I agree with you that I think internet access is, is an obstacle for a lot of gamers, it is still, it's, it's an obstacle that exists right now And you either overcome it to play your game or you do not overcome it and you do not play. I think there's that. I also think that there's this game that's being released very soon for Xbox called Quantum Break. And something interesting about that is they do not put a lot of the cutscene content on the disc. It will actually stream when it comes to that portion of the game.
0: That's incredibly interesting. I haven't heard about this. It is.
1: So the game, obviously, the game itself is on disk, and you install that and you play as normal. And when it comes to certain videos, because there are so many, apparently it's a branching story from what I understand. So you might come across it, you might not, I believe. Uh, But when you do, that video will stream versus it being local. So you essentially have to have an internet connection, even though you bought the disk, to be able to consume the full game that the that the developer intends for you to be able to consume. So get good internet or get out is that the next the next step of gaming maybe?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. We're we're in a point of uh, period of transition. We'll be there for a little while, I think, but you know, until we get this sussed out, at the very least I can download pokemon blue on my 3ds while i'm in bed
1: and i can download yellow and get all the starters and go from there thanks for joining us this week be sure to visit portedpodcast.com where you can find links to our twitter and facebook pages as well as a link to itunes where you can leave us a review as always don't hesitate to reach out to tell us about your gaming memories until next time i'm scott taylor and i'm kyle Starr.